everybody. This is Issa Cosette, and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but we're so glad you're here. And this week, we have a very special guest, the Isabel Bafi, writer, editor, poet, creator, the author of Ripe, the new pamphlet. I'm excited to hear more about your story because... We met, of course, in Obsidian. We have a wonderful group of Obsidian poets um, this year who have been sharing their story. Isabel was with me in Group A, doing great things all day. But yes, Isabel's work is very inspiring to me because she pays attention to the details that I overlook. She brings you into the poem, and I just love how her voices in her poem show different places, different stages of life, and like, especially with ripe. I'm just, once again, in awe <laughs> honored to be connected to you and all that you do. And tell the people a little bit about yourself, Isabel. Thank you for that gorgeous introduction. Um, you're so sweet. I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, it's been lovely to get to know you too and to get to know your work. Also, I should point out, um, I did a, a workshop a few days ago on titles, poem titles. And because it's something that, you know, I sometimes find difficult. And I still, to this day, I think about every now and then your poem, Rolling Stones Leave Pebbles Behind. Like, that's just such a great title. I just love it. It's just so perfect. Um, so, yeah, I definitely am inspired by you too. Um, I'm a writer. I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> that's, that's like, at the moment, that's the only thing I'm trying to focus on. That's the only thing that I am, um, yeah. I'm putting my energy into so yeah that's it I love writing I love words I love books I love reading no but that's a lot like I think because we're so immersed into it we're like yeah I just write but it's like writing is so many fields so many passions mm -hmm. so like we we get to explore so many different worlds you know mm -hmm. and your work really captures that um you know you not only just being in london you have your parents from south africa and jamaica it's like blood in your veins you have these connections that you know allow us to be able to put ourselves in different scenes in different um fields and that's that's something new to me <laughs> because it's just mm -hmm. like i think i've always just been especially before I moved to the Caribbean, I was only just in my head and only just exploring like things that I was comfortable with. And I think that's so interesting, like for you to be like, oh, I'm just a writer, like, girl, you're a therapist, <laughs> you're a doctor, <laughs> you know, you're guiding us and speaking to us, you're healing us in a way. So this leads me to my first question of how you have this powerful control of complex characters and intimate settings in your poetry. What inspires you to tell these stories? Um, I think I, my poems are often inspired by things that happen to me or questions I have about the world or the experiences of people I love. So that could be family, that could be friends, that could be people I just, you know, sort of met and perhaps things that strike me as being really interesting. So when I was writing the poems that eventually went into the pamphlet, I was actually thinking a lot about intimacy. I was thinking about our connections and what is the nature of our connections and um, how do they change us? Because, you know, I believe relationships will change you no matter you know, what kind they are, or the nature of them, they'll always change you. And one thing that I noticed as I was writing, and I think it comes a lot from experiences that I've been through, and, and that other people I know have been through, you know, we think and we hope that relationships will be a place of comfort, care and validation and joy. But they're often tinged with things like disappointment, with ambivalence, with compromise, you know, the potential for harm. And then there's always these power dynamics, which are always at play. And I, I was really interested in, in unpacking all of those, especially my relationship with my mother is very complex. 
My relationship with my father is very complex. The ways in which I've turned towards friends throughout my life, turned towards, you know, towards lovers and potential lovers, um, my relationship with God, my relationship with myself, like all of these things, um, they're just, you know, I'm constantly just sort of tussling with them and trying to figure out so many things. So I was writing about all of that in the poems that eventually went into the pamphlet. And then all beyond just um, like relational needs and, you know, relationships, I was also thinking about our needs, like in general, like our physical hungers, our sexual hungers, our desires for power, our desires for so many different things. And I was trying to look at like, what, where do I, where do all these desires come from? What do they say about us? What do they lead us to do? What do they lead us to become? What do they mean? How do we deal with, you know, with this need? Like, okay, I have this desperate need for this thing. And in order to get it, I'm willing to do this. What does that say about me? You know, who am I now in the context of that? So I was thinking about all these different impulses and motivations, just like, you know, you said, and um, yeah, and all of that, like psychology and, you know, like not real psychology, but you know, my um, interpretation and behavior, all of that went into the poem, into the poems. Yeah. So considering that hunger, that power, those desires that drive us, what was the most challenging poem to write in Ripe? You know, since you're, you're exploring all of these things that are passionate and bring certain tensions towards you. To an extent, like they were all, you know, like nerve wracking in their own way. And like you said, um, I was really thinking about like, for, like form in terms of like, not just to write the words, but then also how the experience of reading the poem could be a dimension of the poem. So for things like Gravida, like the words are spread out because it's about like fetuses forming and things like that. So yeah, um, so all of them to an extent, but I'll just mention two. Um, the poem Finding My Dad in a Can of Baked Beans went through quite a few rewrites. At the beginning, it was a prose poem and it had like all these different vignettes and it was like beans in a Bantu stand in South Africa and then beans in um, uh, like my, my grandmother's, my Jamaican grandmother's rice and peas and then which is slightly different, but you know, just sort of thinking, out, thinking about beans and whatever and then the, just all these different types of whatever and it was okay but then as I was finishing up the manuscript I was like this isn't really doing what I wanted to do um, and I almost came close to cutting it and then I actually asked my editor like okay what was it you originally liked about this poem because I think sometimes if you're working on something long enough and sort of um, in a way battling it long enough it's like you become numb to it and you're like what is this what is this even about why did I even start this and um, yeah he was very encouraging and then I went pretty much dragged back to the drawing board and then the form that it's in now is very different to what it was originally. Um, also the poem Uroboros, that was like, that was difficult to write in the sense that I, I had to dig very deep to write it. Um, I was talking about things that I'd never spoken to anybody about. So I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? But I felt like I had to talk about it. And I was writing about things I'd never fully processed. So I was like, what? I mean, it's, it's, it's inspired by real events, but I don't mean for the poems to just be straightforward autobiographical because that would just be boring. I'm not that interesting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's inspired by my own life. So I was thinking like, what was I doing or what was I after? And not just in the scenario that I'm depicting, but just in terms of like just being a teenager and linking up with boys that, you know, and just like hoping for for something meaningful in a scenario where everything was just, it was just about what, they could get and what I could get and you know everyone just wanted to get something so I was just thinking about all these different things I was looking at the dynamics of power in a sexual context so that's already complex in itself and then plus there was so much that else that I wanted to talk about so yeah that was that took a few drafts as well and 
yeah, before I got to that poem. It took courage as well for me to write it that way because at the beginning I was very just tiptoeing around the subject because I was afraid to talk about it. But then, yeah, eventually I just went for it. Well, thank God that, you know, you dived in and, you know, you were able to go through that revision, go through, it's interesting now, because you are not only like a writer poet, um, but you are an editor as well. So to think about like an editor asking an editor, like, what should I do? And like, how are you reading your work? But I do disagree that your life is like far from boring because we see it in this work. You have so many different experiences that once again, you're able to retell um, through different voices and different experiences. You know, you've been able to explore different forms of art and expression because I saw you dabbled in graphic art and like different <laughs> types. <laughs> She's like, oh, my old life, right? But <laughs> phases of ourself and I think that is important and that kind of helps our evolution to the next phase of ourself but just think about how you're exploring those different forms of art and expression when did you realize that poetry was your true calling um, of telling these stories of exploring these themes and tensions it's interesting that you say that because I actually wouldn't say that poetry is my true calling <laughs> poetry is good poetry is great for a long time I was like fiction was really prominent in my mind and that was what I wanted to do and um, during uni I studied like film studies not really production but like cinema studies really and so I really wanted to be a film director at that time so I tried I started to write a screenplay as well very briefly dabbled in it and it didn't get very far and you know I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to those things when I can and when the time's right but yeah, for now, I really like doing poetry. Actually, the way I came into poetry is quite interesting. So I wrote a short story and then after it was published in an uh, online journal, the editor was really kind and we met up and she was like, you should take yourself seriously as a writer. You should be promoting yourself. You should be using social media or whatever. And after that, like the only like way of writers promoting themselves on social media I wasn't really on Twitter at the time so then I, I was like I was on Instagram and I saw how people would you know share their poetry or whatever so then I would just share excerpts of stories of mine that had been published and then when I ran out of that content I was like okay maybe I could try and be consistent so then I would like write a line of poetry or like a short stanza just to like create an image or create a feeling and then gradually they started getting longer and I was like oh this is a poem and then I was like well let's see if you know if you know, I can do this. And then I just kept trying and then kept working on it and, you know, gradually getting better and, and things like that. Um, and I'm the kind of person I like to focus on one thing at a time. So for now, I am really like, you know, I'm really just focusing on poetry. And then maybe every couple of, I don't know, months or so, I might do like a short story. I did a short story for the first time in like two years earlier this year. So yeah, it's, it's, it'll be nice to get back to it. But for now, I really do love poetry. I feel like poetry is the hardest genre of all of them. So if you can, <laughs> for sure, so if you can be a good poet or if you can write good poems, then fiction is like, you know, you can just, you can, it's, 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 it's a discipline in itself, but you can do that and everything else as well. So yeah, I'm here for, for poetry right now. You definitely um, gave me an answer once you said that you dabbled in fiction before because that's those, especially where those details come in because it's like 
you know, the more that I read and the more I'm discovering different skills that help my um, poetry writing, especially like I was like, well, maybe I would be a much better poet if I keep reading more fiction. Forget trying to like, you know, the words that are missing, like the words are definitely in the fiction. So yeah, it doesn't have to be your true calling. It's definitely in the phase that you are right now. And I'm glad that you know, you're tapping into it and you took it seriously because look at this body of work that's been done. And I know soon or very soon, <laughs> you know, you're in the process of, you know, a book, you know. So from fiction and now um, poetry, you know, short stories, how has your writing process changed? What can we expect for the next, the bigger collection? I love that you said that because that's actually really encouraging because I'm, you know, I'm writing now, but it's, you know, trying to sometimes figure out like, okay how can I bring more of this into my work how can I bring more joy into my work how can I bring more celebration more community into my work because um through editing I think I have gotten I have started to be more introspective and um like you saying that there's char characters and I'm writing from different perspectives that's really encouraging that's a nice reminder of something that I didn't realize I was doing like nowadays I'm writing much more I I I and I don't want the poems all to just be me or you know or to just God forbid, confession or whatever. So I'm trying to, you know, definitely broaden my perspective, not just in terms of like the images and the metaphors themselves, but in terms of the subject matter. So, so yeah, in terms of like my process overall, I'm really so thankful because it's just taught me so much. There are poems that I sent off initially to the editorial team at Ignition Press and, you know, they we didn't end up using them because I didn't really know how to finish them at the time. And, you know, by the time when I would have had to submit the final thing, I couldn't really figure it out. But since then, I've gained the editing skills and the, you know, the, the writing skills to be able to finish them. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm, and there are layers in the pamphlet, which are, you know, sort of undertones, which I didn't really go into so much. But those are now the things that I'm bringing out and saying, okay, let's look at that a bit more closely. So one of the things that I'm writing about is, um, choices. I'm thinking about time. I'm thinking about concepts of the self, and those were all there in the pamphlet. But they're, you know, I was really thinking. I mean, they're they're, they're connected, but I think I'm just going to shine a light on them even more, so that even if I bring poems from the pamphlet into the collection, they'll strike the reader in a new way, and they'll have a new context. So, yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing that because as you continue to write, those eyes will definitely expand. When I read your stuff, I don't think this is Isabel at all. I see, I see other people because once again, I don't know you on that level, right? But I think the more I continue to read the next book, I will be able to say, okay, let's see how we're not so much focused on this darkness. We're not focused so much um, on the shadow and the lack. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah yeah that's that's really good that's a relief thank you for saying that because I as much as I do you know sometimes write about things that are inspired by my own life I don't want it to just be me because that is just yeah it's more interesting and it, it's a better experience for the reader if they can see something of themselves so it's not just me telling you about me and my life but you know it's it's us as much as you know I have the right to talk about us in the sense that I'm human you're human you know so yeah let's talk about our humanness that's the, the goal. Let's talk about our humanness and let's hear one of your poems. I know you have one to share with us today and I'm excited to see and listen. Okay, so this poem, it draws from loads of different moments um, and thoughts throughout my life, I guess. And I actually started after I lost contact with someone that I cared about. But then the more I wrote it, the more I started thinking about memory and how experiences of trauma and disappointment can echo throughout our lives. 
Um, and just before I start, I want to give a brief trigger warning for um, references to sexual assault. So this is, can I throw this one away and start again? Straddling you, my tongue pries your lips open. Knowing you'll one day leave, I leave my taste there. My world immediately sours. I once flew to an island with a dozen girls I couldn't stand. At dinner, I felt a wound inside me open, a kind of dying wombic hope that I had not expected. I downed Uzo and Suvlaki to staunch it. But when I stood to leave, I was the only one who couldn't see I was bleeding. Sometimes I would trudge through campus drizzle, pull up my red hood lying open in the wood, and still no wolves came. Buoyed up to the surface of a vodka river dream by the boy pulling my jeans around my ankles, nudging thoughts of me into the sun, hoping they'll bloom. Ivy only clings because the wall smiled, asked to keep in touch. Shadows only crawl because they've seen our lowest parts. A security guard follows me through boots and I fidget my arms, not my fingers. Not knowing how to tell him I have nothing, nothing in my hands. Or that every time I have ever smiled, my mother was holding the corners of my mouth. Or how, just now, in a public bathroom, I stepped on a scrap of toilet tissue, begging it to stick. It refused to hold on to me. I want to talk about following crumbs at, from midnight feasts at sleepovers how even little girls forage the night. I want to talk about heaviness. I want to talk about wanting dark and the light that insists itself upon me each morning. Or the fact that, and for this I take the blame, because I made myself sweet on your tongue, I was easy for you to devour. Thank you. This was actually one of the poems I had starred. So that's so good that you oh, read wow. this one. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for reading. It's, it's, it's so powerful, actually, to like, you know, it's, it's one thing to read it, but to hear, you know, the poet read their work, it just gives me something. You know, when you're thinking about the, not only just the title of Can I Throw This One and Start Again, I think for me, you're taking back that power a little bit because you're just like, I know this sucks right now, but let me try again, right? And I know mm -hmm. I may have been sweet or like attracted someone that may have brought hurt or pain to me but you know there's still there's still lightness in this darkness there's still something good and, and it sucks it's a terrible thing like what happens to women and what happens to us when we let our guards down but I think from my experience um not only just talking about that thinking about how we fly how we move um the blood or how we I guess put ourselves out there and sometimes wolves don't come but and we are empowered by still constantly going forward. We are empowered by still being sweet. We are empowered by still being red and strong and like, you know, and knowing that we can start over in the morning, you know, not just staying in the darkness for me. This is what my interpretation of that poem. Um, I love your interpretation of the poem. <laughs> How are you on your way, Carol? So this is such a great question. I always love hearing it whenever I listen to any of your podcasts. I think for me, one of the reasons why it resonates with me is that it's something that I'm actually thinking about, like 
Um, I'm constantly, like I mentioned earlier, I'm really thinking about choices a lot. I'm writing about them a lot. I'm reflecting on them a lot. Um, I'm thinking about how our choices determine the path we take and what that can mean. Um, and the fact that taking one pathway can be at the expense of so many others and what the weight of that is and what the cost of that is. So as I sit here now talking to you, I'm actually like at a crossroads in my life and there are things that I'm weighing and considering. Um, and I don't know what the answer is going to be yet. So for me, my answer is like, I'm on my way in the sense that I'm figuring out what my way should be and what that will mean. And if it's how I can figure out if it's the right way. And yeah, so I guess me being on my way is grappling with possibility and, and the decisions that I make. Well, I think you make wonderful decisions. Definitely as you continue to move forward, you will understand this way and this journey. So I'm so happy that, you know, we were able to meet in this journey and as you continue to move Me forward, too. you know, may God encourage you and bless you and give you the people to support and push you to where you're going because you're going big places, you know, especially you're about to start that MFA program and Oxford this in the fall. So that's exciting. Congratulations. Thank um, you. You're definitely on your way. You're definitely doing amazing things and not only just through poetry, through your writing, through your expression, um, may many people be moved by your work and be inspired to tell their own stories. Amen. Thank you. You too. <laughs> tell the people where can they connect with you? Where can they get your work? Where can they support you? Sure. So you can meet me on Twitter. Um, my handle is just at Isabel Baffy. My website is isabelbaffy.com. And there you can also buy a copy of my pamphlet as well. Definitely do that. Definitely show her love and read her. Feel this heaviness, but be enlightened by her wisdom. And thank you, Isabel, so much for saying a little bit a part of your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Isabel. To all of my wonderful listeners, take your time. Express yourselves in different ways, but you have to move forward unafraid. Until next time, this is Isabel Cosette. Y'all be blessed.